This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the Fruited Plain. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program today, confession, uh, if you've waited on the phones, just give me a little while longer because I've had a lot to say after this weekend Um, and I got a little more to say, but first I have to play you something. Let me give you the backstory on this. A number of years ago, uh, when I was doing evenings on my flagship station, WSB, there were a series of stories out about um, a, well, a weak men in power. And the, you, you had Barack Obama and you had John Kerry and uh, you, you, you had the, the turmoil in the Middle East and Barack Obama didn't want to get his hands dirty supporting the Iranian uh, people who were protesting the streets, and, and we, we did a promo um, about men who sit to pee, and it made all of the right people upset. Men who sit to pee, and all the progressives got very bit out of shape by it. Hi, I'm a man, and as a man, I know what men do. Men fix things, like cars or the Veterans Administration. Men take action, like when to defend a friend or tell Russia enough is enough. Men make decisions, like when to take out the trash or fire someone at the IRS. Real men lead. They don't dither. You know what men don't do? Sit down to pee. You heard me. More and more of these hand-wringing feminine squatters are being put in positions of power. And as a man, a man who stands when he pees, this ever-growing epidemic needs to be addressed. You know, Willie Nelson once wrote, Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Well, folks, I'm here to say, don't let your boys grow up to be men that sit down to pee. Because those aren't real men. They're liberals. And I hate liberals. Close lid. Mama, don't let your boys grow up to be men that sit down to pee. I gotta say, we put that together in the Obama administration, and it holds up quite well over time. 
men have a problem with the feminine squatter males who sit to pee. And they are disproportionately inside the Democratic Party. The Democrats, as a result, have a man problem. Over the weekend, Politico magazine had the masculinity issue. And they gathered together experts to figure out how can Democrats counter GOP messaging on masculinity? Should they even want to? And good Lord, you should see the people they had. Now, Josh Hawley, the senator from Missouri, has a book, Manhood, The Masculine Virtues, American Needs. You've got Jordan Peterson out there. Of course, you have Andrew Tate. Um, And there is a problem. So part of the problem that the Democrats have is that they have made the genders in, or they, they've made them insignificant. They believe men and women are interchangeable. Now, never mind, they have to lower the standards whether for fitness tests in the military, the firefighters, police, you name it. You got to lower the standards so that women can compete with the men. Men and women are interchangeable now. Men can now be on women's sports teams. Uh, no woman who becomes a man wants to be on the men's team because she'd still get her butt kicked. But the guys can dominate the women's sports. And all the feminists are out there. Oh, this is this is such a good thing for the feminist movement. This is such a good thing. Bruce Jenner's now Caitlin, and we need to award her women of the year. You don't even have to cut off your boy bits. Just grow out your hair, wear a push-up bra, put on some lipstick, Declare yourself a woman, and good Lord, no one's allowed to call you a man anymore without getting canceled. Men have kind of had enough of the nonsense. Men realize they matter. Back during the 1960s, the Johnson administration deciding to help the poor and particularly to help non-white minorities in this country who were left behind after the civil rights movement they decided to expand the welfare state, build a, build a massive social safety welfare net, allow everyone on it, and men became expendable. One did not need a man in their life if they had Uncle Sam's man boob to provide them all what they needed in life. And men over time became the butt of jokes. Watch any commercial. Watch most sitcoms. It's the dad who's the butt of jokes. And men kind of have had enough. The Democratic Party is the party of men who sit to pee. Their way of making our soldiers, sailors, and airmen capable of taking on China is to have diversity training. And they really and genuinely believe that men need to have diversity training in order to kill the bad guys. They, they really fundamentally believe that. And if you're a white man, God help you, but it's not just white men. It's black men and Hispanic men, too, are moving towards the GOP. Now, you will recall, I think, you'll probably remember this in 2020, when the data came out that younger black men, 35 and under, and Hispanic men were moving to the GOP far more rapidly than their female counterparts within their ethnic and, and racial groups. The New York Times literally did a story 
that to explain young black men embracing Donald Trump and the Republicans, you've got to understand the toxic masculinity of rap music. That's right. If you listen to how bad and and, uh, misogynistic rap music is, you'll understand. And same with Hispanic men. They fundamentally don't understand it. Well, with a devil-may-care attitude, let me, let me trot a little further into this. Stereotypically, I realize, but women tend to govern with heart and men with head. Women with emotion and men with reason. Now, you can roll your eyes, you can complain all you want, but you know at the end of the day, it tends to be true. And men have this protection mode that they go into, like women who are mothers who go into mama bear mode, men want to protect their families. And at the end of the day, it's not an emotional argument. It is a rational argument to do what is best for your family. And they are degraded. They are belittled. They are put down upon. They are told they are toxic. There is toxic masculinity. Andrew Tate is a toxic person. He is a pornographer. Andrew Tate uh, is incredibly charged by a criminal court with raping women. Andrew Tate is abusive to women. Andrew Tate is not a good guy. There are figures of masculinity in the grifter movement who have latched onto people like Andrew Tate who are bad, who have no intention of becoming a good man, who think actually good men are bad people. You got to avoid that. The problem here is the Democrats want to lump anyone who heads towards the GOP over masculine issues into the Andrew Tate camp. There, there's, you know, I, I wrote back in 2018. In, in fact, let me see if I can pull this up. Um, I wrote a piece in 2018 uh, struggling over supporting Donald Trump. Because every time you get to this point where, like, you know what, I can support this guy, he would just do something uh, insane yet again. It kind of made you regret it. I mean, ultimately, I, I think most of us listening, we wound up in 2020 deciding he would be better than Joe Biden. But this is what I wrote. As I take a step back, uh, take a step away from saying I could support Trump, the left then does something that makes me step back towards Trump. The ongoing antics against Brett Kavanaugh, the growing hostility to people who disagree politically, their attacks on Christians make me step back in the president's direction. And for all those of us who have stood up to the bullying from the president and his supporters, it's eye-opening to see prominent progressives declare there's no difference between us and the president's supporters because we disagree with progressives. All of that is to say I'm starting to come to terms with the fact I'll probably wind up with Trump in 2020, even if begrudgingly, if only to thank him for saving the Supreme Court. Likewise, and this is the big part of it. I think if the left wins in 2020, they will interpret it as a complete rejection of right of center values and go pedal to the metal in trying to drive conservatives and people of faith from the public square. Prophets may not be welcome in their hometown, but I hope you'll welcome that prophecy because it was on the money. And one of the tactics the left uses is the failure to nuance. If you believe there's virtue in masculinity, you're Andrew Tate. You're not Jesus Christ who believed the same thing. No, no, we're going all the way to Andrew Tate. And more men are put off by that. Unisex bathrooms, do you know the greatest disservice of unisex bathrooms are, are to the women? 
I can't tell you the number of time I've gone to a unisex bathroom and some man has not raised the seat. They've just peed on the seat. And now a woman's got to go in there and clean it up. The feminist movement itself is probably the worst thing to happen to women. They're the ones who want the unisex bathrooms. They're the ones okay with men and women's sports. It's the men standing up for these things. And, and what happens to the men? The Democrats vilify the men for standing up for what's right. They compare you to the pornographer degenerate Andrew Tate if you believe that, you know what, men should actually be men. Men matter. Dads matter. And they would blend it all together, say there's no difference. And the result is that men, black, Asian, Hispanic, and white, are fleeing the Democratic Party. There is this weird conundrum happen among younger voters. Young men are increasingly becoming conservative. Young women are increasingly becoming progressive. And it's harder and harder for young men and young women to connect when the women have gone so far left and the men have gone so far right. Now, oftentimes what happens is, is you come back together and you, you, you pull the men a little bit to the left and the men pull the women a little bit to the right. More and more young men are headed into churches to find wives. Not because they'll submit, not because they'll love, honor, and obey, although that's what my wife said at the altar. I kid you not. But because those women in a church setting, in a religious setting, tend to appreciate traditional masculinity. They tend to appreciate having the man as the head of the household. They tend to appreciate a man helping them make decisions and not being uh, pejorative to them, not being belittling to them, not considering them toxically masculine because they want to go hit golf balls with their friends on Saturday and have a few beers, which is what every man wants to do. But the Democrats find this all bad. Remember Pajama Boy? Barack Obama in 2012 put out the 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 picture of the of the the boy in the PJs I guess drinking hot tea or something championing Obamacare that was the image of men the Obama campaign defined and a lot of men viscerally reacted to that good lord what do you think we've become are you neutering all of us men don't want to be neutered and the democratic policies have seemed to neuter men you're expected to sit on the pot instead of standing to pee. You're expected to bend over backwards to be emotional. That's not to say not being emotional is, is something you should do, but you're supposed to be weepy and crying all the time. You're not supposed to be angry. You're not supposed to be a man. You're not supposed to live life as someone who is, is a man, but as someone who is neutered. That's the problem with the Democratic Party. They've neutered the men in their party. They think you can go have a DEI training session, sing Kumbaya, sit down to pee in your unisex bathroom, and you'll be just like the women, except men are different. And they're beginning to rebel against the Democratic Party. What's interesting to me is how people on the far left genuinely react viscerally to the idea that Democrats have a problem here. It's just economics. Republicans are promising some level of... of um, some some level of job creation for men doing manly things, and it's just economic. Um, this is this is one of the people participating in this political forum, Joan Williams. There's one measure on gender called hostile sexism. It's kind of men should be men, women should be women, and it's actually more powerful than anything other than political orientation at predicting Trump voters. And there are really cool experiments where they threaten men's masculinity in subtle or not subtle ways. 
and they find that a man whose masculinity has been threatened has higher support for war, more homophobic attitudes, and is more interested in buying an SUV. Precarious masculinity has incredibly predictive value for voting Trump. What Republicans have done is taken this threatened masculinity and taken masculine anxieties and forged them into a weapon for the far right. You're always on the far right. You're never just on the right. You're always toxically masculine, not just masculine. Even the Democrats these days on MSNBC running stories that if you go work out, you're promoting white supremacy. Anything that supports a man being a man is considered toxic and white supremacist. And even the black men, the Hispanic men, and the Asian men have decided that they want to be a part of whatever that is where it's not white supremacy and it's not toxic. It's just recognizing men and women are different, have different goals in life, have different rationales for being, and the Democrats have decided to put everybody in one single box. And those who are rebelling are considered bad because they're now, well, Republicans. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The full number 877-973-7425. If you would like to be on the program, I'm happy to hear from you. Uh, These next couple of weeks, just as a heads up, are going to be a little bit uh, flaky for me a little bit. I'll be gone on Friday this week and the next week is the annual carathon for Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Uh, in Atlanta, and I'll be uh, doing that on Thursday and Friday next week, raising money to fight childhood cancer. Excited to do it always. This year, doing more. Normally, I I do like three hours one day and an hour the next day, and now I'm doing four hours both days, so I won't be able to be with you next Thursday and Friday, but it's for a good cause, so you will have to forgive me. Now, I want to tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, their air purifier. You can get three of them for less than $200. You go to EdenPureDeals.com and you put in the discount code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. I had mine with me this weekend. Uh, we were staying at an Airbnb in North Georgia. Did not have to use it, thankfully. The house was fantastic. But I have had to use them before in hotels and in rental cars to wipe out smoke odors and musty odors. And they work. They eliminate bad odors, litter box odors, pet odors, smoky odors, musty odors, Frying odors, cooking odors, you name it, they wipe them out. You can get three of them for less than $200. So you have one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement or your RV or your travel bag like me. You can hold them in your hand, plug them into a wall, or plug them into a car with a USB cord. It's EdenPureDeals.com. That's the website. Eden, like the Garden of Eden, pure is the driven snow. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is just my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You'll get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200. Save $200. Get free shipping. Get it all at EdenPureDeals.com. And my name, Eric, is your discount code. They're worth it, folks. Greetings and welcome across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, always delighted to have you. We've got to, well, get into the DeSantis shakeup now. Uh, Not really a shakeup. It is and it isn't. So let, let me explain this one to you. I have gotten some blame or credit, and I don't think it is earned uh, one way or the other for what I wrote uh, last week that, yeah, there are people starting to grumble about the state of play in the DeSantis campaign. I wrote a little more about it this morning, and I want to spend a little bit of time just, just being fully transparent with you. I'm writing about it in my daily email. You can get it if you text DATA to 33777. Click the link. Just text DATA to 33777, you can get the link. 
and read what I wrote. I've been very transparent about it. Last week, I wrote that the DeSantis campaign, uh, more and more grumbling from donors and others. Uh, the, the concern that sticks in my head, the thing that lingers with me about the DeSantis campaign is from one of his major donors. And the major donor told me that his concern is that every day momentum does not seem to shift in DeSantis's favor is a day where someone somewhere decides Trump really is inevitable. And that person, it affects their thinking, it affects what they're saying, it affects their giving, and if they're elected, it affects their endorsement. And this donor's concern is that Donald Trump can't beat Joe Biden. Whether you agree or not, that's the donor's concern, and his perspective is DeSantis has got to be able to turn the tide and start getting some momentum back on his side. There are a lot of people who made a lot of suggestions. A lot of people think Jeff uh, Jeff Rowe is the problem. That's the general consultant for the super PAC. I don't know that that's really the problem here. Typically what happens is the loyalists want to find someone to blame, and they'll go with the consultant and say you need a new consultant. And Rowe is really the consultant to the super PAC, not the campaign. But clearly there are issues with the campaign. And part of the issue is this. If you're a DeSantis fan or foe, you should acknowledge at least that there is a bit of a um, bias against DeSantis based on a perception that he's been in the race a lot longer than he has. I mean, people just started assuming back in December, January, February that DeSantis was running for president, and he didn't actually run until about seven weeks ago. So when people say, well, DeSantis's polling has come down from the high in January, he's been in free fall ever since, he wasn't a candidate in January. He wasn't a candidate in January. He's trickled down a little bit since he became a candidate. And in fact, the trickling down comes with all these stories of DeSantis's team in disarray and, and the messaging off um, in the campaign. So now they've they've cut some staff in part because of the burn rate issue. They... Uh, their fundraising is fine. They've been raising on a daily basis more than the Trump team has. The problem, however, is that if your expectations were a two or three man race, you're now more than a dozen people you got to compete against. Vivek Ramaswamy wrote himself a $5 million check. That's something that DeSantis doesn't have the means to be able to do. But also every single person in the race and the media is coming after DeSantis. No one's going after Trump. They're all going after DeSantis because they think to get to Trump, you got to get to DeSantis first. So no one's going after Trump. They're going after DeSantis. And the problem with DeSantis not coming in when he probably should have come in is he allowed all these other people to come in and those people are gunning for him. When George W. Bush ran for president, uh, the Texas legislature was in session, and he formed an exploratory committee. Everyone knew he was looking at it. So he came out, he formed an exploratory committee and said, look, I'm going to look at running for president. We're going to reach out. We're going to raise some money. We're going to put Karen Hughes in charge. Uh, I've got Carl Rove with me, and we're going to we're gonna see what we can do, and i got to focus on Texas. The Texas legislature went home. The exploratory committee had been raising money, had been pushing back on criticisms from the McCain campaign and others. George Bush came out, made it official, did a big run. 
The DeSantis campaign didn't do that. They kept saying, we're not running for president. I'm governor of Florida. We're in a legislative session. And everyone knew he was running. The moment the book came out and he started going to Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina, everyone knew he was running. And so he started entering the polling and he was doing well, but he didn't actually run. And it dragged out 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 and it dragged out. And people started looking at other people. Now he's got to get the attention back. The other thing, I so I think in the future, people will say, all right, we, we, governors running for president need to do the exploratory committee. They can't drag it out like DeSantis did. The other thing I think that the DeSantis team is going to have to do, or in the future other campaigns will have to do, is look at the DeSantis campaign and say they should not have done their launch on Twitter. The DeSantis team, the day he announced, did a Twitter space conversation with David Sachs and Elon Musk, two of Russia's big apologists in the United States, on a platform that was very unstable and crashed. Now, you may not remember Tim Scott's launch or Nikki Haley's launch. I was at Nikki Haley's with my daughter or, or Mike Pence's launch or any of these other launches. But a lot more people saw them launch than saw DeSantis' launch because DeSantis went on Twitter instead of at a big venue where he controlled the optics and got a lot of earned media. The media carried Nikki Haley's launch live and Mike Pence's launch live and Tim Scott's launch live. They could not carry Ron DeSantis's launch live because he didn't do a launch. So he lost earned media. Earned media is the free media that the media gives you by covering you. Trump gets more than anyone else. DeSantis had the opportunity for some earned media and instead they went on a glitchy Twitter space that kept crashing. And so all the headlines were about his failure to launch. That was essentially the 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 headline everywhere, his failure to launch, tied into Musk and SpaceX and Twitter and, and the inability to launch the website, to listen to the conversation. It was bad. They shouldn't have done it. In the future, I don't think you'll see anyone give up the earned media optics of a big venue launch. But now he's out there. So what does DeSantis have to do? They're changing up some staff. I would submit to you there's an overarching problem for the DeSantis campaign. What's the message? Can any of you tell me what the message is for DeSantis? I know the, the motto is a great American comeback, but what does it mean? What we know from DeSantis is he'll fight Disney, he'll fight the wokes. He'll fight the trans agenda. He'll fight Dr. Fauci. Okay, we know he fights, but his message isn't he fights. That's Donald Trump's message. His message is the great American comeback. What does it mean? And this is where I think his campaign needs to start focusing, and he's got opportunities to do it, and it shouldn't be hard. What I mean by this is every candidate has a motto. Every candidate has a theme. What was Donald Trump's? Quick, 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 quick. Make America great again. George Bush was help was on the way. Help is on the way. So Dan Rather could ask George W. Bush any question, and George W. Bush would immediately be dismissive of the question and say, help is on the way for families. Dan Rather, the NAACP governor thinks that you need a hate crimes legislation in Texas, and you vetoed hate crimes legislation, and that's going to hurt black families in Texas. Well, actually, I want black families to know help is on the way in the White House, just like they've got help in Texas, because I built a sustained economy in Texas that has lifted all black families up the income ladder stream, and that's what all of America is going to get. Help is on the way. Donald Trump was make America great again. 
I'm going to make America great again. I'm going to build a wall, and that's going to help make America great again. I'm going to cut taxes. That's going to help make America great again. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. That's going to make America great again. You know, Joe Biden's campaign theme in 2020 was our best days lie ahead. I'm going to return us to normal, and our best days will lie ahead of us. We're going to reprioritize the middle class instead of the rich, and our best days will lie ahead of us. So Ron DeSantis' campaign theme is uh, Great American Comeback. What does it mean? He hasn't tied it to anything. Now, now they've got a sleeper issue, and I'll get to the sleeper issue here in a minute, but he hasn't tied this to anything. He doesn't even really use Great American Comeback. I wrote about this this morning. You can read it. Text DATA to 33777. Uh, You can get 15% off if you want the paid subscription to get all the extra stuff, like the show notes and all. But if you pay attention to what I wrote this morning, he can tie that... Great American comeback to, to everything. I mean, a, a family in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, they've had to pull their kids out of the local school system and homeschool them because local school system failed them. Local school system went woke and broke and shut down during COVID. They had to homeschool their kids. What's DeSantis have for them? Well, I'm going to put parents in charge. Parents, not teachers unions, will be in charge of their kids' future and get them ready for the economic roar of my great American comeback. What about the Indian-American small business immigrant in Charlotte, North Carolina, who owns a print shop? The IRS has gotten more burdensome with with Venmo payments to his company and the audits and the exams. Uh, He's short on staff. He can't find qualified workers to help his business. What does the Great American Comeback mean for that guy? What about Bill and Peggy? They live in Scottsdale, Arizona. They're in their 70s. They're retired They're an eight-hour drive from their closest grandkid. They moved to Scottsdale, Arizona to take advantage of retirement and golf and and living out there, and now they've got water shortages. They've got uh, retirement inflation costs have skyrocketed. They thought they were going to retire comfortably and be able to play golf until they died, and now they got to pinch pennies and make ends meet on Social Security checks because of Joe Biden's economy. The Bidenomics is really screwing retirees. What does the great American comeback mean for retirees? Tell us. Tell us these things. He needs to stop doing safe media interviews with people who only care about his fight with the wokes. All the major interviews with all the major conservative personalities are about the fighting with the wokes. What about everyone else? Governor DeSantis can't change the school board when he's president. Presidents don't have that power. Presidents can't change the toll rate on the highways in Florida to help people economically. What's he going to do as president for the people of Ohio? What does he tell the people of Dayton, Ohio? What does he tell the people of Charlotte, North Carolina? What does he tell the people of Hartford, Connecticut? What's in it for you? What does the great American comeback mean for you? He's got a story to tell. And you know, he could do like Bush. So a a reporter comes at him and says, Governor, trans families are fleeing Florida because of don't say gay. What do you say to those families? And he'll say, well, actually, it's called the Parental Rights and Education Act because most parents agree their elementary school kids don't need to learn about gender and sexuality. They need to learn the alphabet, not the gender unicorn. So they'll be prepared for the economic success of our great American comeback. But, Governor, what do you tell those families who have fled Florida because of the hostility of your approach? Well, actually, there was no hostility in my approach, and they benefited in Florida from my economic success. And I want to assure them, wherever they fled to, because you people in the media made them scared of Florida, despite the record, 
that they're not going to have as much success as they would have had in Florida under me, but I want them to be assured that as president, I'll make sure wherever they are comes back economically as part of my great American comeback. So wherever they are, they're successful. It's not hard. It's just got to be done. The message. And then you take the message, you give the super PAC something to work with, never back down, has a message to spread on what the great American comeback means, the stories to tell. But you got you to gotta relate to people. You got to relate to them where they are. People get it. You fight the wokes. That's good. We need that. Culturally, we need that. The sleeper issue of the campaign is parental rights. Casey DeSantis has a great ad out about putting parents in charge, protecting the rights of parents as it comes to raising their kids and getting their kids educated. That's a sleeper issue that DeSantis can win, and it's part of the great American comeback, putting parents back in charge of their kids' future, not the teachers' unions, not the bureaucracy. But he's got to tell the story. He's got to sell the story. He's got to sell the message. He came up with the motto, the great American comeback, and now he needs to spend the rest of this campaign telling us what does it mean for a great American comeback. He needs to have some vision and share that vision with us. And I need to share vision computers with you. All right, those of you, WFTL, I keep name-checking you. You're new today. You're listening. You're wondering who this guy is. Let me tell you about Vision Computers. You got a small business or a home. You need a computer built. Vision Computers can build you the computer. They'll charge you a reasonable fee. It'll be better than what you get at the big box store because it's designed for what you want and what you need. And then they'll service it. World-class tech support. You can call them, and they will take care of your computer needs for you. If you have an employee and you've bought your computers from Vision, your employees can call directly instead of you having to call for them. They save you money, they save you time, they keep your computers going. In many cases, they can patch in remotely. They don't even have to have you send the computer to them for email support, for printer support, for general tech support, for protection from viruses, from keeping your computers going so your business stays going, or your kids don't bother you at home for tech support. They just call Vision Computer like my kid does with his computer from Vision. It's great. You can call them, 404-COMPUTE, anywhere nationwide. You can go to visioncomputers.com as well, visioncomputers.com, or call them, 404-COMPUTE, ask about the Eric Erickson special. They'll give you a great deal, and they'll be your tech support geniuses. Greetings, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Let's go to Greg. You're up first. Welcome. Hey, Eric. I really appreciated your commentary on the DeSantis campaign, and I agree, and it's very frustrating and I think about here in Georgia, what Brian Kemp is doing, and maybe they need to hire his social media campaign because everything I see from Brian Kemp on social media is about job growth and manufacturing and expanded businesses and more jobs. Um, very positive. Or it's about we've got a surplus and I'm going to give taxpayers a rebate, teachers a raise, and police officers a raise. So doesn't get into the woke stuff, and it's very positive and why he has a 60% approval rating in the state of Georgia. Well, you know, I, I wonder how much of the calculus of the DeSantis team was that um, they've got to pull people away from Trump, and the way to do that is to show that DeSantis fights on the wokes. Um, and, and I think that had a lot to do with the calculus, but at this point, I think you're, you're not going to persuade Trump supporters to come. You can persuade a lot of other people to come. You've already got a, a floor of about 20%. So start adding to that. And as you start growing, taking from all the other candidates, you then begin to start taking from the Trump uh, team. 
I, I kind of have a theory, and I don't know. This will be this will be borne out if there are more indictments, and I think we'll we'll probably see a Fulton County indictment in Georgia come for Trump, and maybe one more in Washington. That um, they have half lives. So the the Alvin Bragg New York case had a huge bump for Trump. The federal indictment in Florida did not have as much of a bump; just kind of kept him up there. So the third one won't have as much. The fourth one won't have as much. Uh, and DeSantis can over time eat into that. I don't know though, but I keep going back to that donor who told me that he feels like, uh, he believes that every day DeSantis doesn't have momentum in his direction is a day someone believes Trump is inevitable and they start changing their, the way that they think about things, which makes Trump more inevitable. And, And there is a real concern from people that he can't beat Biden. He didn't last time. Whether it was stolen or he lost it, uh, he's not doing anything to change the outcome this time. And that has people concerned. We'll see where it goes, though. We'll see. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.